Welcome to the Kixology Podcast, a show all about running shoes. My name is Brian Metzler, your host and resident running shoe geek. I'm also the author of Kixology, a book about the hype, science, culture, and cool of running shoes. In this episode, I welcome Michael Krejcik, the founder and idea guy behind Atreyu Running. Atreyu is a new startup out of Austin, Texas, and it only has two models, but they're both unique and exciting. We'll discuss how the company got started, its unique subscription-based business model, its new carbon-plated racing shoe called The Artist, the brand's sponsorship of Olympic runner and author and filmmaker Alexi Pappas, and here's the cat out of the bag, the new Atreyu trail running shoe. Thanks for tuning in. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hey, Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. I'm uh, happy to be here today. So uh, we're, we're talking about uh, running shoes all the time. Obviously, we, we've talked a bunch. Um, Atreyu Running is a company you launched a little more than maybe a year, year and a half ago um, out of a pipe dream that came out of this crazy evolution of your life, a musician, hot dog, restaurant owner, runner, triathlete, and uh, a guy who was infatuated with uh, a shoe called the Adidas Takumi. Um, and then you launched a running brand thinking, hey, I can make running shoes, right? That's not exactly how it happened, but that's where we are now. And you've successfully launched, you, you sold a bunch of running shoes. You have a lot of people that are going, yeah, this is cool. We got cool, lightweight, light and fast running shoes, just what I need, nothing I don't need. And and you're off the ground. And one of the reasons we're here now is because you just launched a shoe called The Artist, which was announced last year and and and, and you talked about a bit. And now it's finally here. We'll get to that in a second because it's a really cool shoe. I have my, my pair here. But but let's back up. So you, you launched this running shoe brand, uh, a hot dog, you know, store owner. I mean, I mean, like, how did this happen? Just because you believed, just because you wanted to? I, I suppose the the story started well before the actual launch of the company, and even the launch of the company was a little bit ambiguous in terms of how it happened when we actually launched. So I've um, February twenty first, twenty twenty, we took our first pre order like our pre-sale. So we've been around uh, taking, taking sales for a little over a year now. And then prior to that was a year of, you know, dev and a year prior to that was a lot of dreaming and research and, and all this, this, I, the, you know, learning, lots of learning. So um, this, the, <laughs> I wish I could have a, every time I try and answer the clean way of, of how did the company come about, I, it, I'm hard pressed to do it. I hope that, uh, that one day I can find a way to just say like, yeah, well, first you got to become, you know, you want to become a musician and then you have to get into the restaurant business and then you have to learn some stuff about doing business and then you got to fall in love with running. And then it's, it's mostly just about chasing the dream, just going with the gut. It seems like if there's a parallel to the things you've done, certainly that seems to be it, which is is super inspiring. I mean, like, obviously, a lot of people talk about doing a lot of things, and then there's the ability to just do it, right? And and um, obviously, you've done that so far in your life, and that's a great thing. And 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 yet, running a business or starting a business is no easy deal. I guess talk about mm-hmm. talk about getting to here. I mean, obviously, you had these ideas, you took orders, but now you've delivered, right? And now you have this model set up based on mostly on a subscription model, but also, you know, selling one-offs, but I mean, like, you know, probably there was doubters out there and, and you, you've been in it and now you're doing it. Now there's probably a whole bunch of challenges relative to, Hey, I'm running a business, right? You have this, this cool team assembled with you there in Austin, um, but, but you're doing it. And yet 
you know, it, it's probably also a challenge every day. And like, you know, what, what you dream about, you get. And then you also get a whole host of other things that kind of fall in your lap, right? I don't know if it's just too cliche to say, but even in the past year, I feel like a completely different person with a completely different skill set, simply because I do believe like those who have bought the shoes know that I'm no stranger to putting mottos and, and, and taglines on shoes and stuff that are very personal to me. I, I do firmly believe that what we practice, we become. And this past year, I have practiced refining all of the for the first time in you know my adult life, I feel like I'm refining ideas. Um, to I'm a very detail oriented person, but sometimes we can get lost in the minutia of our ideas, right? So this past year, it's I we had a concept. Now we've I believe that we've proven it, and it's all about refinement of delivering what we want to do and bring it to the market as best as possible. That includes how we build our team refining the products that we've already put into the market, including, you know, the base model, which is our training shoe and the artist, which is the one that finally hit the streets about a couple of weeks ago. Um, so we're within the first month of people, you know, pounding pavement with the artist. And, um, so I think we've learned a lot about ourselves in this past year. It's become less of a personal endeavor and, uh, more of, a now we're building a team. Now we're building a, we're refining the concept. I hope that makes a little bit of sense, but uh, it's been an incredible year. E even the emails that I'm writing have a different flavor and how I write them, what time I spend on like the day to day. It's, it's really a, a developing work in process, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in, in building a team, you're also building followers too. I think that, you know, when people first saw what you're doing, you know, there's, there's been a plenty of people who, who started up things and, and, you know, obviously getting from your launch and your, your, your prototypes to your launch to a product and then refining the product, obviously that's a hard thing to do. And, and then also, you know, maybe having a moonshot in your first year too, to announce the shoe called the artist, um, you know, when it was first announced, you, you talk about, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, um, create this carbon plated, uh, light, fast marathon race shoe. Uh, obviously that's been the buzz in the industry the last three or four years, the super shoes, obviously all the big brands have mm -hmm. done it. Um, it was announced last year. Um, I, I was interested. I, I, I was a paying customer to that first, that first round of, of offering. And, and, and yet we, we as runners out here are like, Hmm, what's this going to be like, you know? And, and, uh, we know that, uh, a brand like Nike put a gazillion dollars in many years into this. And, and you guys are a startup out of Austin, right? Sh showing your credibility and showing your authenticity, but obviously it's, it's no small task given that we know the marathon times have been much faster and people are raving about these, these types of shoes. And yet, you know, we waited all winter and I think I bugged you a couple of times. Hey, when, when's it coming? When's it coming? And yet it, it arrived and my initial reactions are, wow. Yeah. I mean, like how'd they do this? You know, um, light, fast, comfortable, fits well. It's got a good amount of pop to it. It's not mushy. It's not, you know, overly bouncy like some shoes are. Um, and, and that's not a full review, but I, I know other people have, have uh, felt pretty strong about it so far relative to it. As you said, it's only been on the street for about three weeks. Um, I guess take us back mm -hmm. to that process and, and kind of why you guys, why a brand like Atreyu would want to go down this path and, and, and kind of how it's gone so far. Sure. So in the very beginning, I, I must say I, the, the whole company in, in thought started around the time that these carbon 
plated shoes were literally in development. You know, we're talking about, um, you know, the, the Nike breaking two and all that stuff. So like, I mean, that was when I was sitting on the couch and falling in love with the sport and falling in love with footwear and, and dissecting what could be a possible path into the industry. In the very beginning, I will say that I, um, it took me a while. I won't say that I didn't believe in the shoes. I'm just a kind of a person that is skeptical of hype and in the, and, and hype is never really, I could, one of the, one of the reasons I think that we, that we kind of embody an authentic spirit is because I really am not interested in hype. I really am interested in just what are the nuts and bolts? Like, what do we need? What is a great pricing structure? Like, what is, what is the, what, what kind of a brand do runners, what are they looking for these days? What are they missing out on? So I tend to not, um, I guess I was a little bit skeptical of the hype until the studies started coming out and then they were reinforced and then everything starts to kind of unfold in the industry in the past, you know, couple of years. And lo and behold, other companies are putting out their version of uh, a carbon plated running shoe. So of course, um, I would never want to put a tray you in a position to where we don't offer something that's relevant. And over time, I think we can all agree that we've learned that these shoes um, are relevant. And I do believe that the base model is, is, um, something that I'm incredibly passionate about. I will build the brand around the base model all day long. It's I'm passionate about running shoes. And I think that, but I would never at the same time want to limit the ultra competitive runner into not us not uh, a tree as the brand, not being able to put out something that they would want. So it started as, let's just see what we can do. I like to do research and development. I've got a good little uh, pipeline of being able to do R and D. I make the designs myself. Um, I do everything from, uh, you know, the, I, I just, I just enjoyed the idea of, well, let's just see if we can make one of these things and, and make it great. And so there was a there was a fair bit of theory and you know plate shape and materials and even availability of materials, um, regional availability and stuff like that. So as I started learning everything, we started putting together a shoe that I was pretty confident in, and um, so that that skepticism turned into something that I was actually incredibly passionate about seeing our company as um, as a bifurcated system of train and race. Um, and having an offering for, for both training and for racing. I think what we're discovering though, is these race shoes also double as an incredible training shoe, depending on how, you know, athletes want to use them. So in, in short, I do, I do think that, um, I talk about this with our president, Joseph Cabrera a lot, which is, which is process. I honor process to, to, in to a very, um, surgical extent. Um, I'm always, uh, I used to do this with songwriting, but I, I always understood the context of why the song was written, how it's written, what are the chords, how you dissect it. So over time I was able to draw some conclusions on what a great design would be, uh, based on all of the above scientific research studies, designs, what other, what other things are working in the market. And I think that the artist is a culmination of all those, um, 
processes. And uh, I'm, I've just really enjoyed the first iteration of the shoe and I very much enjoyed tweaking it to the final production model. And by the time we went to pre-sell, I was pretty confident that we could put out something that was beautiful. And I think the, I think the beauty, um, part of the beauty is that it is authentic. You spoke about authenticity a minute ago. And I think that, um, you know, as runners, I mean, one of the, one of the purest things to do is to certainly train, but also to race and, you know, say what you want about how mm-hmm. running has evolved um, in many great, great ways. I think one of the beauties is that uh, there's still that notion. That I, I do believe that the marathon is the hardest single human athletic endeavor um, in, in a lot of ways. Um, but I think that, uh, y- yeah, your shoes are, are first and foremost about running as its purity, um, not about marketing, not about hype, um, and not even about um, over-sophisticated build. I think one of my challenges oh, with running shoes, one of the reasons I wrote the book Kixology was because running shoes had become this thing that weren't really about running. They were, they were this, there was this a design element, which you spoke of, but a, but a design element that was really kind of tied to what looks appealing at retail, what, what, what can a consumer pick up and say, Oh, that looks cool. Or it's metallic or it's this extra plastic, you know, piece or what, what they, you know, called uh, visible technology um, with some of the, some of the cutaways that would show pieces of the shoe. <clears throat> uh, none of that was really inherent to the ability to run. I think, I think one, one of the beauties of your designs, especially of the base model, which you spoke of already is that it's, Simple, and I say simple without being derogatory. Actually, being complimentary, meaning that you can run. You can. There's a certain flow um, when you run, whether you're running at a recovery pace or a tempo pace or a race pace, and it just allows this natural movement. Um, and much has been made about natural running, and this this discussion isn't about that. But I think that there's the beauty of your shoes. Uh, uh, one of the, one of them is it, is that nothing gets in the way of your foot, right? You can run. Uh, you can train, you can race. And I think that's, that's one of the key elements that almost every other brand uh, kind of walked away from in, in some degrees. Certainly there are some, some racing flats and things that, that have kind of maintained that, which we mentioned about the Takumi shoe, which you liked. But I think, I think that for me, it's the, the movement of running is simple um, from a physical point of view. And I, th- I think what you need from a, a pair of shoes is just that, right? Just go run, right? And, and not and remove all these other equations about which model to buy and, and how to buy them, what they look like. It's just about running. And that's I think that's what your brand has captured so well. I very much appreciate that. It's uh it's a hard needle to thread because at the same time we we put out uh we have such a such a the idea was to build a, an all-white shoe that we could kind of paint over, right? So we use sublimation printing and we use dyed midsoles and stuff. But at the at the same at the core of everything, we're very the product itself is very stripped down. In fact, in the beginning, the goal was all it, it wasn't as far as let's make a disposable shoe. That wasn't what the goal would be. But it was saying, what if you had no design constraints? And that we're talking about like what if you just took everything off the table and you said, what is the natural extension to what a runner might need? What's the very basic platform? And it's funny. I mean, we came up with, it's got laces. It's got a great upper with just the right amount of elasticity. It's got the right durometer. I mean, you can get surgical about durometers of our midsole. We can, I can make our midsole, our one piece molded midsole feel like 
an infinite amount of mitzels, depending on how it's injected, what we're using. In case in point, you know, we're we're going to do a switcheroo of the midsole on the V2, like all kinds of other stuff. So, I mean, the progression of, of using a simplified product does not mean, um, it doesn't mean that it's, that it's less performance oriented or just, um, like a budget friendly or anything. It's just, what are the basic necessities? And then I actually built on top of that, which is we needed some lockdown. We needed overlays to help the laces torque on the lateral and medial side of the upper. And these things were out of necessity, not out of, um, what would you call it? Just aesthetics. I, I could rarely care about the aesthetics of the design, which is kind of paradoxical because you see our shoes and their bright colors and everything like that. But that's what I think is life. It's just a little bit of a balance. You can have a little bit of absurd styling, but at the core and the root of it, what the essence of the brand is rooted in this simplicity, this fierce accountability to ourselves, this fierce accountability to what we're going to put on, what, what type of marketing that we're going to look into and, and trust. So it is my ultimate goal to build a brand that is based on that fierce accountability, whether it be from the internal team to the products that we're putting on people's feet. Um, that's where I've grown in the past year is wondering if that idea will work and manifesting that into the artist um, and manifesting that into where we're going. Like now I'm confident that we can do that as a brand. It doesn't have to be wildly robust and we don't have to be in competition with the way that everything goes. But when you see something that's as beautiful as a carbon fiber plate being stuck in between a two piece midsole, you gotta, you gotta start paying attention and say, is this relevant or is this not? And it is incredibly relevant and it is incredibly beautiful when you pair it up with a system of what I would call a running system. Um, There are so many great shoes out there these days, but that's because most people are honoring other people's, you know, achievements and what are the research studies saying? And it's, uh, I'm proud to be a part of it. So that's, that's kind of, that's, that's where I can hang my hat at the end of every day and go, it's, it's our time to prove our you know, what kind of brand we are now because we're, we're in the mix. For sure. And I think that if you talk about the research studies, also just purely the time, the athletes who speak about these types of shoes, um, certainly we know that there's a thing here, you know, I've said before that the, 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 the shoe design paradigm for light and fast racing shoes has changed. Obviously I know there's been a lot of controversy about what a carbon fiber plate does inside a shoe. We'll get to that in a second, but mm-hmm. I think from the artist's point of view, I mean, again, it's a, it's a, again, using that word kind of uh, simple point of view, but, but it's, but it's, 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 it's a shoe. It's everything you need, right. And seven, seven and a half ounces, 7.8 ounces. I think it's got a six millimeter offset. Um, it feels good. It runs well. And then here's the thing. Um, it was offered at a hundred dollars and, and you and I had a conversation about this recently. Um, you know, those other brands are offering their shoes in this in this genre for two hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred and whatever, twenty dollars, two hundred dollars. Obviously, we we know that uh, there's a lot of things built into those prices. Uh, you know, the running shoe industry is built on marketing and and, and hype, as you said. Uh, but also, obviously, there is more to those shoes than the previous hundred and twenty or hundred and sixty dollars shoes. But I guess tell everybody um, kind of how you can build a shoe for a hundred dollars or offer a shoe for a hundred dollars, uh, while still having 
all that you've spoken about relative to Atreyu, uh, you know, the runability, the integrity, the quality, all the background into a hundred dollar shoe. I mean, that's, that's unheard of, but obviously again, so far the reviews on the street are, are really great. I do think that, and and because I've never worked at a at at anywhere but a Treyu, as far as in in the footwear industry, that I wouldn't know the answer and why making it more expensive would the, the price. It's such an interesting question because um, the the I would assume that us being small and producing. Um, a fraction of, you know, what the, the factories are accustomed to, we have a, what's called a higher FOB, you know, it's a, you know, and, and basically a cost of the shoe. So it's like, we're not, we're not producing epic amounts of, um, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty streamlined. We all, we, we produce what we need to sell in, in most cases. So, it's unfathomable why shoes cost so much money. I just don't understand it. And, and that's what I'll say. I, I don't, I can't figure out why this over $200 price point has become even acceptable. Like it's like, it's like when you, when you get into something, you start pushing and pushing and pushing and all of a sudden you just become so at ease with the fact that the prices are going up. And I think sooner or later, we're going to have to start asking why, because Frankly speaking, I just think that a trade you charges. First of all, we have a small team. We don't. We don't. We don't um, pride ourselves on being able to, you know, cash flow the business into where we are now. And uh, really, really pumped about that. And 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 we're giving it our all. And as far as the pricing of the artist, we 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 price it according to the to what we believe is a healthy margin to sustain our and, and grow our business based off of the sales of that production run. And, um, it's, it's definitely not, um, it's so interesting. I, I wish I, I, I kind of wish I was a fly on the wall. It's some, it's some other operations figuring out like how you would fold a huge margin into itself and then like how you would, how you would use it for other things. But as far as, um, building a, building a company that's based off of building a base of athletes, we, I really, really think that this is very similar to what's called like a conversion rate in, in social media which is we only have about 20,000 followers on social media, but we have an exceptional con- like, uh, like engagement rate. That's, that's, I mean, engagement is, is huge. So I think um, that's a really interesting question, Brian. I almost like should, should ask, ask some other people, you know, <laughs> about that. I know I kind of sound a little bit like a dingus, but I, I wouldn't know how to price the shoe more because we're getting a healthy margin to sustain our business. Uh, the shoe is, um, we're always going to, for example, if the, if we put different materials in or needed to open up a three piece midsole or something, um, I don't necessarily think about it in covering all of the the dev work. I think about it in terms of how long can we offer this shoe 
and what is the price of uh, cost of goods in offering this shoe and what is healthy to grow a sustainable business. So hope that that makes a little bit of sense. A lot of people are going to listen and, and to that. And it go, works. And I'm, you know, I'm not being critical. I think it's, I think it's great. I'm not, yeah. I, think, I think the formula you're using is, is the one you needed to use and that's great. And, and honestly, I have been a fly on the wall at many other brands mm-hmm. and, and development meetings and such. And, if nothing else, there's there's a you know you you mentioned your team. I think you have a team of, of four, what four four guys total, right? In, in Austin, it's um it's me, Jake, and Joseph. Yep, and then my brother, who is our co-founder and chairman. My brother's got a uh, you know his he's in the fintech industry and uh, has his own company. But uh, it's us four, you know just moving forward and we're going to invest this year into new team members and building our team. So like I said, like even with our smaller margin than I think what other folks would take, we're seeming to be able to build a healthy lean and mean, you know, upward business. So, um, yeah, it's, it's wildly interesting. I, um, (laughs) it's, it's pretty crazy. It's taken a little bit of, uh, my artistic, side and i've had to put a lot of a lot of tangible aspects to it in the past year but i think it's been been lucky to surround myself with some wildly smart people to um help build this team jake joseph and my brother are just absolute incredible all in their own right so i mean we come together and we'll make something work including how to how to price the shoe that's kind of why you'll see the dichotomy of the pricing between what's currently 75 for the single purchase shoe and then 55 for the base model. So 75 for the base model, single purchase and 55 for subscriptions, because it's not, not everybody's saying like, why is Netflix only charging nine bucks, you know, a month? Like we're trying to build a community that offers products ongoing with no fluff. Like I, the way that I see a tray is it's a linear progression to offer the same athlete ultimate value over and over and over, whether it becomes an apparel or or tech or something that we're going to include down the road, I see it as how much value can we offer each athlete that loves the mission of our brand, that simplicity, that fierce accountability. And then we're just going to keep expanding that value. So nickel and diming on a single product once or twice a year just seems like a waste, you know, if you can really, really build a community. And especially if you're finding success in that, I mean, you, you know, again, your brand is your brand and what you set out to do, uh, you know, create um, lightweight, good, runnable shoes is certainly worked so far. I, I know you've uh, turned some heads in the industry. As I said, I've been to plenty of other um, you know, meetings and discussions with, you know, New Balance and Hoka and Nike. And mm-hmm. like, certainly they have they have vast teams of experienced people have been in the industry for years and different you know, material science and footwear development and design. I mean, all these things. And that's great. And that works for them. I, I know you've you've leaned on key people when you can, and you, 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 you've been smart to ask questions uh, about things you don't know, to learn things. As you said, you're d- doing a lot of your design, which you taught yourself and, and kind of learned on the fly. I know that you consulted or, or you reached out to those guys uh, in Portland, uh, Todd Pittman and uh, I'm sorry, Todd Miller and Gary Pittman at, yeah, sure. at uh, Proof of Concept. They've worked with a lot of brands right. and uh, you know, I've, I've heard their names a bunch and I've talked to them a few handful times and I've seen their, their kind of kind of kind of uh, uh help to get you know brands going or to you know to redesign all these things but obviously they're amazing you know working with guys like that obviously is is has helped you get to where you are i mean obviously i'm not trying to say you've done this all by yourself you've, you've had help you've had that that smarts of reaching out and certainly um that's probably helped you uh where you didn't have that knowledge oh 100 uh the the greatest thing um 
is uh, Todd and Gary both are two exceptional human beings. Um, they and they're incredible at their craft, uh, at what they do, and the assistance and and guidance that they've offered me and taught me has been second to none. They're just amazing people. Um, at the root of everything, it's it's definitely about accountability. They're very accountable to. I think at the when you get in, there's something I do know. Uh, I talk with Joseph about it a lot, um, and while bigger teams have a, I believe that instead of talking about bigger teams and what can happen on bigger teams, and when you get a bunch of heavy hitters in the same room, I can talk about what you get in a very smaller shot target with a bunch of people, or I mean, a few people who are fiercely accountable to what they're going to do. Take Gary, Todd, Joseph, me, Jake, and Gabe, and you put us all in a room. We're going to build you a company. We're not going to talk about how to pass this through the next department in the next department in the next department. And I think that's one of our luxuries is because the, the connective tissue to, to these, to these teams is, is that accountability. Um, I've never met a group of people more accountable than the folks that I've mentioned on this podcast so far. It's incredible. Um, I mean, it's, we put in the work, man. It, it, we, I mean, we're, I, I haven't stopped in two years, day and night. I mean, and then we keep laughing about it. It's like, when are we going to stop? I don't know. When are we going to stop working on the weekends? We don't know. Frankly, we don't care. We have a mission. We've all said we're going to do it. We work until the wheels fall off. And then we take about a day off and we cover each other's back. We don't ask for crazy, you know, it's not about, we're not building a culture at Atreyu in terms of like, hey, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to leave all this stuff for you guys. No, it, you have like, there's a, there's a cool culture I think we're building internally that also reflects in the way that we're rolling out the products. And to, also with marketing too, it's, I think I left the Google marketing, um, the Google marketing thing on, I kept like, what is this $500 charge? And I kept getting it like every couple months. I was like, hey, Google, my email is expensive. <laughs> and, uh, but we left the marketing on by accident. So it was like the click rate button was, was clicking it. Nothing happened. Like that was just, I, I we're, we're too small for Google right now. I was like, and they'll even tell you that they told me that on the call. It's like, yeah, call us when, when you want to go get hundreds of thousands of people. And, um, but even with our marketing, we're surgical and we're accountable about it. We don't spend marketing dollars. We spend time talking to the people that come to us. We have an incredible response on our Zendesk uh, customer support email and our social media. We answer questions. And we're also, as a team, talking about how we're going to redefine what that means as we grow. Because we won't be able to be as personal as we are now you know, or tomorrow as we are now. So what's the Atreyu way in doing this? I think it's just a, it's just a fun, it's a fun genesis of, of the brand, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's all about accountability. If you go to Atreyu running right now, you'll, you'll see AtreyuRunning.com. You'll see um, basically two different offerings, which is the base model, which mm -hmm. we've talked about, which is a, a good all around uh, training, training shoe, racing shoe, lightweight, uh, simple, uh, low to the ground, but not on the ground, a good amount of foam. And then obviously the, the artist, um, 
and also the phrase "keep it simple." Um, mm. uh, obviously, that's that seems to be the theme going through this, and it's it's not um, it, it, mean, it means you're not getting clogged down with a lot of minutia and details that that a lot of other brands or running companies or um, runners uh, deal with on a regular basis. Um, I thought the base model was it was a huge hit right out of the box because it did what it said. You know, just go run and like. I, I, that was that was beautiful. That, uh, that should have been a wake up call to the industry. I'm not suggesting we need to go through another minimalist revolution because I think there were certainly good things that came out of the one that happened from 2007 to 2012 or so. Um, and, and things stuck for a while. I, I think that the things that came out of that were, you know, we like white, lightweight shoes. We like foam. Um, we like the feeling of the ground. Um, and, and brands kind of adhered to that. <clears throat> And then obviously we're, we're a little bit down the road from that 10 years down the road. And now we're back into this postmodern design <clears throat> industry, which obviously they need to sell more shoes and um, in big quantities. And so now we're starting to see a lot of metallic stuff come back, a lot of flashy stuff. Again, we are seeing performance shoes with carbon fiber plates, which is cool. Um, and, and shoes are generally lighter than they were 10 or 15 years ago. But I think that certainly um, the need or the desire for um, a shoe that that uh, is light, is 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 cushioned, um, isn't expensive. Uh, I think are key things. I think that certainly uh, when, you, when you look at new new products that launch, uh, especially internet based you know uh, products that launch. I mean, ideally they're filling a need or they're they're finding a niche in in, in the industry or in the market and 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 going after it. But I think that. Uh, you guys have done well from that point of view. I mean, um, you know, certainly I've run a lot of miles on the base model. Um, I'm excited to hear about the base model too, which maybe you can talk about for a second. Um, but I think that like without, you know, again, there's there's two products on the website right now. Whereas if you go to uh, any other brand, you know, Brooks running or New Balance or Nike, there's a whole wide range of 12 to 18 shoes. And, you know, that's, that's, that's complication right from the start, you know, and like, Again, those those brands are fine. Those brands are great, um, and a lot of great shoes. But certainly, two models is is pretty straightforward. You know, it, to me, it's like here's what here's what you need, and, and just go run. Right. I I think if so to answer the basically to elaborate on 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 where we why we where we or why we've ended up with two products is I think out of necessity. Had it been my way, we would have had, I mean, in the beginning, I mean, before I had learned and discovered and we grow and brands grow and things grow, uh, I just thought a shoe would be great because the tool, the shoe itself is a tool of accountability. I think what's lacking in marketing, or I'll go as far as to say in the industry right now is is the fundamentals. We, we talk about what we need all the time, but we rarely are marketed how to become fiercely accountable to ourselves. So it's a pretty fine line to create a product and a message that kind of says, hey, athlete, we're going to put you in the driver's seat. You're going to be the one to kind of press the reset button. You're going to be the one to have to take your intensity back and then to build it up accordingly. And you're going to be the one to kind of take control of your training and all that stuff and be accountable for other aspects of why we even lace up in the first place. So um, lo and behold, you know, when, when you realize that there's a limitation to the actual competitive nature of that model and you need to excel 
your product line to be able to, because we want to toe the line at a marathon with the best of the best. So that's, that's, that's a given. We, as a foot, as a perform, predicated on performance footwear, you know, our performance is our footwear company is, I mean, you want to be able to tow a marathon in the elite field without even balking at all. That's where the artist came in. So that's out of necessity. I'm not saying that the base model has, I mean, is it's just a different platform. So as we understand things in the market, you'll see us pivot a little bit. So that's why there's a two model system. Um, we're doing all kinds of, it's not like we're going out there and trying to say like, what's our moderate, moderate to high high cushion offering how are we going to create like a whole line it was never about the line it was it was how do you deliver the the message of accountability to the athlete and i think we're doing that pretty exceptional uh in our small platform right now um secondly is the you asked about the second model of of the base model and whereas it'll be marketed as the v2 the version two It'll just be a linear progression of what the base model is. Um, eventually, we won't have a V2. I, I don't suppose maybe a V3, maybe like a 2.1, 2.2 or something. I kind of like this, the kind of like the technology archaic, like this is MS-DOS 1.1 and then like 2.3. It's kind of cool to me. <laughs> so trying to like boil it down to the essence, but really what it is, is a direct progression. What we learned through uh, the artist is that there's a very beautiful and resilient and economical supercritical EVA that we can get our hands on. And we're just going to use the crap out of it because it's amazing. It's light. It's smooth. You can tweak the durometer. You can inject it into beautiful clamshell machines that you don't have to get some crazy, all kinds of different. It's just such a beautiful fluid that we can singularly roll out into the base model. When we sampled the supercritical EVA versus the regular EVA, the, resi- the, the resiliency was like, I'm not going to say it was twice as much because that'd be a little bit, you know, too, uh, too grandiose, but it was, it was viscerally higher. I mean, I got a little, like everybody left a little scientific machine where you, where you dropped a little metal ball, but I mean, we built our own machines and it was, it's, it's huge. It's, it's durable. It's more durable. It's, it's insane. So when you, when you stumble upon or you learn something that presents an opportunity, you got to be ready to capitalize on it. So I'm, even when we built the base model, I wanted to build a clamshell mold one piece uh, that could be injected with different types of fluids as we learn them and uh, different types of compounds. And uh, this V2 fluid that we're going to inject into the shoe, I would go as far as to say that I will A, B this over any shoe on the market training shoe with any customer. And I'm going to be sitting in the background just with a grin on. Uh, it's, it's that fun. It reminds me of being a kid again. And again, this is just chance favors the prepared mind. Louis Pasteur, that's my brother's favorite quote. Chance gave us this beautiful fluid when I was on the hunt in this compound in the artist being able to roll that into the base model that's preparation we knew that we were going to have to keep elevating and keep refining the products so um i i don't know it's uh this this base model v2 is is going to turn some heads and i'm not trying to 
I'm not a great salesman. And frankly speaking, sometimes my self-esteem is a lot lower than what it probably should be. Not with this. I look forward to it. I certainly, uh, I think that like so much of what, what modern shoe uh, design and success has been is, is obviously about material science. I mean, years ago, everyone used the same EVA or PU cushioning. And, mm-hmm. and obviously in recent years, uh, what has helped separate a certain model or a certain brand is certainly the types of foams. And there's so many different foams out there, obviously. Um, but I think that's, you know, one of the things that are, are still emerging um, in, in that industry. And that's, mm-hmm. that's super exciting as a runner, because obviously um, what's under your foot uh you know, it's got to feel good. It's got to perform good. And, you know, we we can talk about uh, the controversy of carbon fiber plates all we want, but certainly we know it's the foam that makes everything happen. And you can feel that on a regular run. You can feel that on your recovery run. You can feel that a day later after you've run a long way. And uh, these, some of these, these foams are, are super exciting um, to run in. And certainly the the super critical AVA you're talking about, obviously in the artist is, uh, is pretty exciting. Um, Okay, so you, you've also been working on a bunch of other things. Obviously, you have a lot of good ideas in your head. Uh, one of those I happen to know is a, is a trail running shoe, which is a little bit top secret. So we're, we're letting the cat out of the bag a little bit. But certainly, uh, trail running is a big thing. Obviously, a lot of brands are working on uh, the next level shoes. Um, in, in, and trail racing is uh, for both ultra and sub-ultra distances has been a big, big growing category of running. So how is the trail you going to do trail running different? Fundamentally, we're going to yeah, actually, it's pretty cool now that you mentioned that because we, um, <laughs> we, we haven't quite told any, but well, actually we haven't told anybody that we're going to do the trail shoe. So I'm really stoked to present the idea that we're actually prototyping one on this podcast right now. And you, you know, you were, you were actually, um, there's a, there's a few people I, I called. You were the first person that I called to kind of do the R&D. What's fundamentally different about the trail shoe is that I myself am going to need experts to pull this one off in the same fashion. I fancy myself more of a road runner. Whereas I do trail running, I my day-to-day bread and butter is going to be on the road. So I... Um, What's fundamentally different on this one is that I'm going to take the cues from great people, uh, great teams. Uh, been asking you a lot of questions. Um, I've been asking Gary and Todd a lot of questions, learning a lot about the different types of rubber. It gives us, it gives a tray an opportunity to create a rubber compound that we're proud of, and um, and also really great fun stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think of when companies are prototyping uh, a new product such as a trail shoe. But Joseph um, spent the better part of a decade in the military. You know, he um, is an army ranger. So he, I get a lot of feedback from what were they using out in the field? Like what, what types of tractions were they using in their food? I mean, in their footwear, what were they doing when they were rucking? Like what, what types of materials were out there? What's important when you're out um, in the elements and how is drainage? What types of socks were they wearing? Like all kinds of stuff. So trying to bring in all these influences in to really boil down the essence of what, uh, the Atreyu version of a running shoe should be. And, um, hopefully when we, um, 
get uh we're we're done we're not done with either the upper or the midsole at this point but we have some pretty good headway on where we're going um on both of them we're well within sight of a few months of having our first uh model in hand but it is my hope that um it resonates with the market it resonates with i don't think that uh I mean, look, I mean, you don't have to look at many trail shoes to realize that most of them are hiking boots. And there's been, you know, this, this beautiful um, progression of people getting into trail running and then doing it for time and speed. And road runners are getting into trail running and road runners are doing trail running trips. And a lot of folks are going to Colorado and running through Big Bend. And it's just, it's a beautiful situation. So we just wanted a, a trail running shoe that will speak to that market. And uh, that's where I'm going to need uh, all the information. And, and then as a team, we're going to need to all boil it down and uh, build a shoe for the essence. It's certainly exciting for me. As, as you know, I've done a lot of trail running and, and such. And, and uh, I think that, you know, when, when trail running shoes first came out um, in the 90s, it was, it was kind of a uh, two-pronged approach. It was either a, a straight running shoe uh, mm-hmm. um, of what running shoes were back then or full-on hiking boots. And <laughs> certainly there was there was a uh, good evolution from there. But I think now we're at a point where there's definitely some other things happening. Certainly there's a, a few brands that have put carbon fiber plates into trail running shoes. But I think, I think too, I think there's, a, there's a really a notion that like, to your point, I mean, I do think that there's a lot of trail shoes that feel like hiking boots still. And so there's kind of that same overbuilt quality or a little bit too heavy quality that uh, we saw in running shoes 15 or 20 years ago. And so depending on what the consumer is you're talking about for running or where you're shopping, um, you might find a lot of those shoes to be, oh, these are, these are you know, well-built and everything else is a good brand, but they're, they're heavy. And so I think there is a market for a place in the market for lighter weight, more runnable, more simple um, trail running shoes that allow you to move over the earth. And I think certainly taking cues from, Obviously, an Army Ranger is a, is a pretty good thing. It's exciting to hear, and certainly, obviously, with your with your approach so far, uh, that's definitely something I'll look forward to uh, going forward. Um, you know, it's an Olympic year. Um, it wasn't supposed to be, but it's an Olympic year, and uh, a lot of Olympics years are about athletes. Um, uh, I, I do believe you have a sponsorship deal with Alexi Pappas, who was an Olympian in 2016, um, but you're not a brand yet that has a whole, a whole list of uh, athletes ready to show up at the Olympic trials. I guess talk about the the deal with Alexi and then also what you think about athletes. I know you have a lot of fast runners that are running in your shoes on their own volition around the country, but um, I guess talk about all that. Yeah, sure. So um, Alexi's amazing. Uh, the, the initial connection there was like-minded, um, kind of just call it synchronicity or a lot of people. Um, we actually, we had a few people say, hey, you guys looking at Alexi Pappas. I was like, that's interesting. You know, yeah, because she's super artistic and she's performance oriented and, you know, uh, just, so it was just kind of like serendipitous that I was at the Houston Marathon uh, supporting local elite Rory Tunningly and kind of testing our base models out in the marathon distance. And um, we met... um, Howie management and, um, the folks who represent Alexi and, uh, just kind of hit it off. And, um, it's just been a really cool process and, uh, it's, it's incredible to have an Olympian validate your shoes. That's, that's about, you know, it's, it's especially in such an early process when, you know, like you don't know, um, 
who you can trust and who, what type of a leader and what they're, what the feedback you're getting. So I think these partnerships, we can, we can learn an incredible amount from them. Alexi's amazing. She offers both the creativity and the performance, which is great. Um, she's just a all around human, you know, writing a beautiful book. Her memoir is uh, just stunning and uh, riveting and yeah, powerful. I, I totally and, agree. Yeah, it's, it's something, man. And so you take somebody like that and um, it's, it's, it's interesting. We're not just what we do. We're not just runners. We're, we're not just a shoe company. We stand for more. We do more. We have bigger visions. And uh, I think it's important to align with these ideas. Um, where we're going with, uh, with other athletes is to be determined. Um, we don't... At this point, I'd say um, I'd say that we have a lot of internal conversations about, you know, like, do we want to get into the triathlon space? Do we want to do this? Do we want to do that? And the answer is, I think as a company, we have a duty to to really keep our eye on the prize right now and to build our products and to make sure that we're building a solid business uh, with great internal culture and that we can kind of scale and, and afford and everything like that. So um, I guess we're learning in that regard. I, I'm looking forward to the next year and seeing where we develop and seeing um, if and how we take on other athletes and uh, who's going to fit the mold. And um, I can tell you right now that if we even think about taking on athletes, they're going to need to be fiercely accountable, just like the brand. They're going to need to be, you know, very straightforward folks and um, not looking for anything, you know, crazy. We're looking for the real deal. You know, we're looking for feedback on the shoes, yeah. you know, real contributions and uh, like the great stuff. So I'll be friends with anybody. That's one of my things is that, um, you know, so I'm, I'm glad, uh, glad to know that we're going to build a team so that we can not just, not just find folks looking, you know, to do run of the mill stuff. We're fundamentally, we're a different company than other brands. You know, we, we don't, we're not leveraged on retail. We're direct to consumer. There's a whole different duty that's, that the brand has. It's, we have a, we have a direct connection with the people that are buying. They're literally buying from us 100%. And, um, so I think there's a lot that we can learn as far as how athletes work with direct to consumer brands. It's, it's just way different. Joseph calls it like a halo effect. Like a lot of times the industry can probably operate on a really great halo effects where it's like it kind of permeates and it gets people into the stores and the salespeople do it. But in our case, we're data nerds. Like we need to know where things are coming from or else we can't, we can't support it financially. We have to know everything we're doing and we have to understand all the channels. And uh, I think that's one, one thing that we're really excited to develop on on not just the footwear, but how to build just like a lean, mean company in the footwear space from supply chain to, to how they're, how they end up on people's feet and the athletes, they play a huge role in that. Absolutely. I think, I think one of the greatest parallels about Alexi is that she's an original, you know, mm -hmm. and, and a trade is too. And I think that Alexi, um, you know, had, you know, uh, had her athletic, uh, success and that's, and she's still pursuing that. And, but yet she's, she's never taken no for an answer. She's, she's had this internal creative drive and, 
you know, she's written this, the book she came out recently, Bravey is a really great um, memoir of her life, but uh, certainly she's, she's, she's written, uh, starred in and produced her own movies. And again, that's not the way you might do it through the Hollywood channel or not the way you'd make a running shoe through the typical uh, running shoe channel. But obviously I, I think that what she's done is, you know, parallel what you guys have done and you've pursued what you believe and what you want. And again, authentic, authenticity is a big part of uh um, what she does, obviously, and also what you guys do. So I think it's hundred percent. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe to wrap up. I mean, obviously, um, there's, there's a lot going on in the running world this year, and it's exciting. We're all back to running. There's a big running boom going on. Obviously, the Olympics are apparently going to happen, and um, all kinds of things happening. But right. but it, it, at the simplest level, I think that running is all about you, the individual. And I know you guys call it the battle that lies within, and I agree with that. I think that. Any individual can change their life in 30 days or less through running, uh, re really just through their afternoon lunchtime run. I mean, I always tell people that I always feel better after any given run, right? You're having a tough day. You're stressed. You're tired. You've got all these things on your on your plate and you go for a run and like the world opens up. And I think there's a special thing about running that certainly um, can move mountains um, either in a given day or in a lifetime. And again, the notion that we can watch elite runners do amazing things, or we can do amazing things ourselves is kind of what the key to running is. Amen to that. Um, we talk a lot. If we can, if we can do one thing is we want to become the people's shoe and, uh, and what that means is, that. and, good. and what's so great about Alexi is she represents that authenticity that, the everyday person will also, everybody can have the opportunities that she has created for herself, right? You just have to be, you know, it's like my brother says, chance favors the prepared mind. You have to be prepared. And running, as simple as it is, is just a fundamental way of exercising our personal accountability. It's, you couldn't have nailed, I mean, whether it's just the 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 movement and whether you get on a spin bike for an hour go in the pool or go for a run there's something like but even running like you don't need a gym like you just got to go out you just need a great pair of running shoes a buddy of mine when we were um well before the atreyu uh brand even was thinking about being started he goes man all i really need in my life is a great pair of running shoes I'm gonna be happy. I go. I, right. I agree. Right. I don't know. Like, I can't think of a more profound statement because you can you can get joy from it. You can learn from it. It's a personal battlefield. It's a way to understand how to solve problems. It's a way to become the men and women we want to become. Like that's. It's just one foot in front of the other. It is the literal personification of becoming the people we want to become. And, uh, I mean, that what's more beautiful than that? It doesn't, doesn't have to cost a lot right, of money. Right. <laughs> Drop the mic, man. Drop the mic. I think you summed it up right there. Um, I think with that, I'm going to, I'm going to lace up a pair of shoes and a pair of the artists and go for a run. Uh, Michael, it's always a pleasure talking to you. We always have good conversations and, um, for those listening out there, please go to atreyourunning.com and check out. Uh, both the base model and the artist and certainly look forward to what's coming next from these guys. Um, Michael, thank you very much. Thank you, Brian. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on and uh, appreciate everybody listening.
Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Kixology Podcast. A big thanks to Michael Krejcik of Atreyu Running. Be sure to check out atreyurunning.com and check out their new shoes. Please tune in each week as I talk about all things running shoes, from the newest models, the latest trends, breakthrough innovations, and a look at what's coming next. Also, be sure to pick up a copy of my book, Kixology, The Hype, Science, Culture, and Cool of Running Shoes. 